You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. I'm so happy to end the year with my next guest. James O'Brien's winding path through Nepal, Iceland, and New Jersey led him to opening his amazing restaurant, Popina, in Red Hook, Brooklyn. A restaurant committed to community and making every dining experience magical. James O'Brien joins me today, world traveler, adventurer, and owner of Popino Restaurant in Red Hook, Brooklyn, what some people might call a culinary outpost. James, thanks for joining me to close out this hell of a fucking year. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah, what a year, huh? (laughs) Do you know, I was looking at what's the worst of 21, and the list is so long that I just bummed me out. I'm like, you know, let's just say goodbye this year. (laughs) Adios, there's the door, get the hell out. Uh, so let's let's uh, brief, briefly talk about what's going on. Um, your love of food and wine has sent you all around the world. Uh, Italy, Burgundy. Uh, there's a story of you in a fish shack in Iceland. So <laughs> why don't we start with a fish shack in Iceland and work our way to the restaurant, uh, Popina, which I love and dine at all the time. Yeah, so... Um well, first off, thanks again for having me. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I always loved uh, always loved travel. Uh, thanks to my uh, my parents, mostly my dad, who uh, went, even when I was a little kid uh, took us all around. Even when sometimes you're a kid and you don't want to go anywhere, you right. just want to stay home with your friends and play basketball or do whatever, play video games. Sure. But, uh, so my love of traveling started then, and uh, it just kind of. Uh, evolved into uh, traveling for food and wine backpack in Southeast Asia uh, hike in Nepal like uh, just doing whatever I could and and so um, so I was in uh, Iceland 2013 I think and uh, a couple friends and we bopped around and uh, we you know we we were lucky to get some good recommendations and this fish shack was uh, a little outside of a couple hours outside of Reykjavik and right. we just went and just had the coziest of um, did you actually you know, ice fish I, I don't I, I wish um, yeah. we, we did a, uh, that that trip was uh, very adventurous um, mm. we, we were doing um, uh, we were walking on glaciers and we were um, wow. Uh, ice climbing, which was, I mean, nothing gets your adrenaline popping. Like, That's crazy. Like, all you're just hanging from uh, from an ice pick, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Holy crap. So, uh, fun nonetheless. Um, did you train for that, or did you just... Uh, no. Young and, enough to get away with that shit? No, and you know how, like, the flights from, uh, from the United States are often to Europe, or, mm-hmm. you know, sure. going that way, are are later so we did that this whole like you 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 fly late and then you get in early and so we didn't even have a you know i went with some friends and we had some drinks at the airport drinks on the plane (laughs) so when we actually got there we we were just pumped with adrenaline that we just like decided to keep going and we 
we we pretty much didn't sleep that whole day and next thing you know i'm like hanging you know from an ice pick with like uh <laughs> with shoes that are made out of like metal yeah, the, you they, know what they call crap crampons or whatever yeah, yeah exactly little spikes on them yeah yeah so it was um it was an adventure for sure but it was it was amazing uh, it's so funny because i just had uh blue uh bruce on from blue ribbon and uh he did nepal Mm. Uh, he hiked and he said it was just like life changing uh, you know trying to exist at 40 below zero and uh, on a mountain that's there's zero to eat so you just bring your own lentils and um, yeah. it's, it's an adventure <laughs> so that uh, so you think that started from your dad it formed your your wanderlust uh, wanderlust to, to uh, just travel and, and, and discover and explore and yeah, yeah, I mean, he was definitely very curious, whether it was um, in the world or um, with with women, maybe, despite oh. my mom's, uh, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, yeah. 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 Um, but, um, he was, you know, he was always uh, adventurous, adventurous eater, adventurous traveler, and uh, I definitely got that from... Uh, That's I definitely cool. got that from him, and yeah. um, he... Um, I, I actually grew up a non-adventurous eater. Uh, I, I used to come to the city with my dad to go to, uh, he used to take clients out, and I hated the city. I, it was loud, it was smelly, it was yeah. busy. I'm like, I was more of like a beach beach bum growing yeah. up, and uh, and he, he was always dragging me places, and I just wanted to be with my dad, so I would go. But it, it, it was funny. Uh, uh, even eating right uh, he used to like we used to i have memories of going to a steakhouse peter luger's and right. he'd be like james this is this is like the steak you know you right. gotta eat the steak and i was like i don't eat, i don't eat steak dad and i was like do they, you have, eat? do they have pasta with butter and he's like they don't do that here you know because like shit, he must have been so embarrassed oh my god what'd your dad do uh, he, 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 he was a, um, a stockbroker okay um <laughs> yeah. you know and uh, so always entertaining right? always yeah. entertaining yeah. so we were we were out whether it was at madison square garden or uh one any any of the arenas and uh concert venues and we it was always it was always just like me and my dad and you know despite them having pretty you know crazy nights he would you know i was always out with him and that's cool you know, sometimes i didn't yeah. make the late night he would send me home in a limo or whatever Damn. And, yeah and he'd be like if your mom asks i brought you home <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> your dad still around no nah, he uh, uh, he uh, passed maybe like 13 14 years yeah. ago from leukemia he sounds like a cool ass guy oh yeah he was he was he was a man so what you eat at lugers uh well I, I, this i mean this is like more embarrassing i can't even believe i'm saying this um so it, it got to the point where he was like james try just try the steak i'll pay you 25 dollars which when you're a kid 25 dollars is you know yeah. a good amount of money um so uh, ate, uh, try to try to just like swallow the steak without chewing. So uh, it ended up uh, oh me like pretty much choking in the middle of Luger's and somebody having to do like a, a mini Heimlich on me. And uh, yeah, and uh, I, I was a picky eater, you know. I mean, wow. if we, so, yeah, yeah. So you've you met my my kids too. So I I'd be like, I would my kids would do the same pasta and butter if we. I'm, I'm like hell no. <laughs> and then I, I used to think, and I was like, are you my kid? Yeah. Like, what you. happened here? Right, but yeah, you do kind of. Uh, no, my dad used to eat like, um, like the lamb, lamb's head, you know that, oh way, you God. know, or like the the craziest stuff, um, any offals or whatever. And I was just. And, and your dad Irish? He's Irish, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. my mom's Italian, so. Yeah. 
um, she always, I guess, gave me the pass, you know. I, and, 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 and the ticket to good food yeah. at home, probably. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. So, so tell me how you got into the restaurant business. What's the, give me the aha moment, because I know you've worked with Danny Meyer and stuff, but what's the moment where you go, man, I got to get into the restaurant business. It's just my, it's in my blood. Yeah, so after college, uh, or I guess during college, I started bartending. I bartended, uh, you know, just to pay, pay my way through college. Mm. Um, and uh, it, it was always something I really loved to do, but I never thought it would be a career. Uh, then I left, co- I graduated college, and I went home, and I started working in this uh, catering hall that I was working at uh, for the, the summer or two before, and I, uh, I ended up meeting, uh, the dating the chef, uh, one of the chefs there, and she kind of turned my world upside down in <laughs> terms of culinary, right? I right. went from this picky eater to we were going out, you know, yeah. very like weekly or, you know, nightly and uh, just exploring the culinary world from, you know, coming into New York City to exploring different uh, <laughs> restaurants throughout the, you know, the tri-state area. And so... I had this, I was more interested in food, the food component when I started dating her. And then as that progressed, I, I also thought of a cocktail more of a, as like a, <laughs> a, a drink versus uh, just like a Jack and Coke or right, a yeah. Jameson on the rocks or whatever we were drinking back in college, you know? Right. And, um, and so that, that evolved. And uh, the place in New Jersey that I, I worked at, this place, Stonehouse at Sterling Ridge, um, was a big catering hall. And that was most of the bartending I was doing. It was fun, events. It was, it was like working at a party, but you were getting paid for it. And, um, and so, uh, but then they opened up a restaurant and I wanted to work at the restaurant because mm. it was a little, it was a little bit more high end and it, it just, you know, it seemed like the, the next progression for me. I sat down at a, at a, <laughs> at a staff training. Uh, we were tasting wines through all the, by the glass, master sommelier, um, and the general manager given the, you know, uh, the lecture or whatever. And, uh, we go around and they say, James, what do you taste in this wine? And I go, oh shit, uh, <laughs> grapes, uh, you know, classic. And, um, and at that, at that point I was drinking a little bit of, a little bit of wine with my girlfriend at the right. time and, but nothing crazy. I mean, you'd go pretty much, you'd go into the, the wine shop liquor store and be like, cool pinot noir from sonoma cool pinot noir from oregon cool you know yeah. like it was there was no thought like we were like we know we like pinot noir and, right that's, um, that's the journey in i always tell people find something you love and then let it start somewhere yeah got to get on the road for sure right. so so we so um so back to that class is I, then it, it somehow turned into like no great like that was the wrong answer and then they like they pretty much like put me on the spot in front of you know 40 people and just like hounded at me about how like I I need to like wake up and and go out and and smell things and taste things and like grapes is not the right answer and I can't yeah. be a picky eater or drinker or, like I need yeah. to wake up right and although like I'm I guess at this point I'm kind of thankful for that because i do think it uh it it like sparked something um maybe so in the negative way at first where i was like fuck wine yeah fuck wine (laughs) uh, but um and and i when i was bartending i i did definitely 
turned more into cocktails and beer. Um, I right. like I did started studying for the Cicerone and all these bar cocktail classes, uh, and I was like, "Yo, fuck wine." Yeah. Um, and then um, year two later, uh, so I worked at Tabla where I, I it was still mostly about cocktails, um, and then um, and then I worked for. Mylino, where I worked for Liz Nicholson, and she was, she she was more into the hey, let me tell you about the little old lady on top of the hill with the dog, and, and and like that was her that was her way of getting me into wine. She was like she was telling me about her travels and uh, the people, and that's what I really fell in love with. And right. then uh, with that, you know, you started tasting, you started reading books, and going to you know, uh, Danny, all of his restaurants do a really good job at. Uh, the yeah. staff education and mm-hmm. classes I was sitting on sitting in on um, wine classes with John Reagan at the home office and just like anything that I could do to like learn more about wine I was doing um, and and then uh, Jeff Kellogg comes into Myelino and he he brings he takes Liz's so now I have like Liz's like Liz's approach which right. is I, I think more I mean you know her, she, she lives downstairs well. yeah exactly <laughs> um, and Frankly like wine, yeah. yeah more yeah. of more of like a love of the people and the wine and just the everything about surrounding mm-hmm. wine and then you have Jeff who I think came in with more of a technical approach um, right. he was the one that was the first time I was tasting and following a grid and right. doing all that which so is, it sounds like you had the visceral with Liz and the intellectual with Jeff so you, yeah. could, you could put those two together yeah uh, and we're gonna take one stop and we're gonna drink all right uh, it's nine o'clock in the morning and we are gonna have uh, I would say it's a uh, a merry mezcal morning okay. uh, you do have a little espresso in front of you but we're gonna do a little bit of Yola uh, Mezcal, uh, which is uh, all women-run, owned, operated uh, from the distilling to the bottling. Uh, it's uh, Yola Jimenez, and it's her old grandfather's recipe, uh, the Agaves Espedin and uh, Maquiche. And uh, these wines are spectacular wines, mezcal, sorry. Uh, but I love mezcal. It just gives you the, the, puts you in the right place. So cheers. Thank you for being on drinking on the job. And a little, uh, and by the way, don't try this at home. Uh, we are professionals. Well, we do this for a living. It's nine o'clock in the morning. And actually, we're both Irish. So cheers. <laughs> cheers. Yeah. Wow, that is a good way to start the morning. All right. Tasty. Not bad. Um, cool segue into wine because when I go to Popina I am blown away by how great the wine list is it's not a tome um, which I think anyone can put together a 300 page wine list at this point really you could just there's a software program that could write you a wine list but yours is um, so well chosen and then you have this incredible um reserve list where you have bottles that you probably pick up at auction or and and the prices are incredible and the food is incredible so give me we'll get to the restaurant but i just wanted to mention that while we're drinking but so then you're at union square and then where does the restaurant idea come in so chris and i worked together at Mylino. he went on to go work at marta uh, I stayed at Mylino. I left to travel a little bit. He goes down to Georgia to open up one of Kevin Rathman's restaurants, KR mm-hmm. Steak Bar, because he's from Atlanta or Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, spending most of his time in Atlanta. So he went down to open up that, and then he comes back to New York, and uh, that's when we started having these conversations. Uh, I want to say 
2016 was we we started maybe late 2015 started the conversation mm-hmm. um and uh and so chris was chris has always been a, a very dynamic chef um and i always uh, very much appreciated the way he like looked at food and he has an incredible work ethic and he he, he was always like one of those chefs that you just kind of gravitate towards and we, we were friends friendly mm-hmm. um but never like super close right and uh, one of our mutual friends basically kind of knew what both of us wanted to do and was like, you guys should get coffee. And uh, one day when, you know, in the midst of all the traveling, uh, we decided to link up. I don't think I was even living. I think I was renting my apartment in, mm. in the city and I was working and he and I met Chris the Lower East Side um, by his apartment and we got a coffee and we were just talking about what we wanted to do and what kind of restaurant we wanted to mm-hmm. you know uh and so uh we started the restaurant search and uh, we linked up with um this guy keith durst who runs uh foc and he basically puts people in places and helps the helps the process of taking um talented uh, restaurant tours or, or future yeah. restaurant tours and putting them in in spaces and uh we were lucky uh, that he gave us the time of day because you know he lo- he works like I think he he put like James Ken and Jeff Katz at Crown Chai oh, wow. and he okay. worked a lot with the EMP people and like I think he he did a lot he he does um, a lot of um, of deals um, with a lot of higher end restaurateurs and we were we were lucky to just uh, you know sit in the same room mm-hmm. and have that conversation. So I-, I was wondering how you ended up in Red Hook whether it was all just financial driven because New York rents are so insane um or do you i I mean do you love red hook i'm sure you love red hook now it's a really cool neighborhood but how do you end up in red hook so yeah i mean pretty much keith was like hey i got uh so we we looked for a while we looked in a financial district we looked in williamsburg we looked uh, all over Mm -hmm. lower east side chinatown and um we couldn't really find anything i think chris and i were a little bit indecisive on like what neighborhood we wanted i mean i wanted the financial district but no one wants the financial district you know <laughs> what i'm point. saying like it's it, pretty empty at night yeah, unless he, you go into crown shy yeah and yeah. he's like what the fuck he's like yeah. why well, i'm gonna open up my first restaurant in the financial district like yeah. how you know even if it was busy how uncool you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's um, a good point but for me i was i was so excited yeah. i thought it was cool because it wasn't cool you know yeah, and, sure. and i thought that the We're neighborhood gonna make it cool man yeah, yeah, the, yeah and yeah. the neighborhood like really needed it but we couldn't really find a, a space that both of us liked and i think we we went on this little hiatus where we we're like eh, maybe it's not in the cards and right. i actually went i got a job offer to open martina with uh nick ander and the union Hospi- union square hospitality group hmm. so i started working at marta uh and that job didn't end up working out uh but Chris and then Chris also started working and opened Ultra Paradiso. Oh, yeah. So I think Great we place. kind of, oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I think we went on our, you know, we, we kept in touch, but I think we, for, you know, we gave up. Uh, we gave up mm. for like a little bit, but we always knew that we could come back if there, if a space, you know, popped back up. And then out of the blue, uh, I remember this like very vividly. I was I was out at a bar in Greenpoint, and Chris calls, and he's like, "I found a space." He's like, "What?" And he's like, "Keith and 
Keith found knows this guy who owns a lot of Red Hook. This guy Greg O'Connell, and he's he's like friendly with this guy. And um, basically, it was Andy Richter uh, from Pock Pock's old space on Columbia Street. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this was the Pock uh, Pock Pad Thai space, um, and we ended up follow. Uh, we ended up going down and talking with Andy and talking to Keith and. Basically, uh, Andy was just like, "Hey, um, you know, he, he was he was crazy busy, but I, uh, you know, he had three spots on that block at the time. It was Pock Pock on the corner, Whiskey Soda Lounge across the sh- across the street on the other corner, and then Pock Pock Pad Thai." And I think this is when Andy was just like, "Yeah, no." Uh, I think this is when Andy was just um, getting getting a little. Hey, I'm I'm ready to move on, or right. I'm, I'm ready to just retiring. Like I think he was starting to think of going down, to, going back to uh, Thailand, or going just concentrating his efforts in Oregon, or whatever the case was. I, I don't I don't know. So Chris and I uh, we we met Andy. We worked at a deal, and uh, you know we joked around. We were like, "Well, this is out in the middle of fucking nowhere." Yeah. But if we could have everyone that just has to wait for their table at Pock Pock, we'll be fine, right? Because there was always there was always a line, and sure, Pock Pock was crazy busy. Yeah. It was so crazy busy, right. and um, and at this point, they went from the the three to one. So we thought, you know, condensing their efforts would just make it more more busy, and you know, they they started, you know, pe- more people started seeing, you know. Andy on Anthony Bourdain and yeah. re, you know I mean there was no lack of publicity coming Andy's way right and um, and so so we signed a lease February 17 and then we got the restaurant together and we opened uh, I think we did our friends and family on August 28th and opened to the public in sep- the first week of September and um, and then we had a, a very successful couple months uh and you know we have a big backyard as you know yeah and utilizing that backyard space although not it we were not utilizing it to its full potential uh we were you know had a couple picnic tables and a couple bistro tables there's but, a big grill out um, there right yeah we yeah. i mean the, the grill was more for like us i yeah. mean okay. the department <laughs> of health that makes it so hard to operate and and do fun stuff like grilling and stuff right. like that so that was more just for us family meal and stuff right. like that but um so we ended up uh, uh having a good couple months but then it went into like a crazy slow it, it actually reminds me of like right now like debt like you know you go into the night with the you know uh i mean we didn't take reservations back then and i think that was part of it but we it was it was dead we were doing like five ten covers a oh, night you know oh. and um and we we're like oh shit you know um and luckily we survived uh, that winter, and then we had a very successful summer, and we were, then we were like, oh, shit, there's no way we could have another winter this bad, and then we did, and it was yeah. just as bad, um, but we were riding off the high of a summer, and, you know. Um, and to be fair, I mean, at this point, too, chefs have found the place. I know winemakers. I've walked in, and there's, like, eight people drinking, like, this incredible wine, so people have found 
number one how great the food is and, and shout out to the chef whose cookbook just uh, was in the New York Times uh, top 10 cookbooks so I think that so I think there was heat you know building for sure for the space yeah no right. for sure I mean it was a I mean and we, we were there every day right mm-hmm. so uh, who better to carry out your vision than you right yeah. so I think people you say hey I, I, I think I, I this is what I like and I and I hope other people like it as well like when you envision like what you want to do for your restaurant you know it's um, and so it turns out people do like it did like it and um, and and so it, it was amazing and the wine program was based off of hey like Chris could cook some badass food I want to like be able to like give people wines that will complement his food and um and they should be the best of the best and so it's and the pricing uh, is so great that's well, the crazy thing yeah, yeah for sure and our yeah. you know i i think that's uh, i have learning learning a lot from from jeff and liz and just other people with you know throughout the wine industry um you know you learn you know you learn how to like price things and and make it and, and like listen like part of that is also it, there's no tricks it's like sometimes i just want to like put dovey set on the menu for you know under 100 bucks because like damn like yeah. i want to drink that you know? know well that's the first bottle i had when i walked into popina <laughs> freezing cold and you, i talked to you and somebody said hey add make sure you ask james about his pri- his, his little reserve list and i was like oh hell yeah and i think i was by myself maybe you helped me drink it yeah i think so uh, i think well, a yeah. little corner seat at the bar yeah you know? yeah, yeah and like that a lot of that was like hey i'm i'm on this like wine journey i have all these uh these producers that I that are just out of my price reach at most New York restaurants but if you were able to find the wines you know maybe maybe they would be in your price range but then you know so I want to be the restaurant that was able to to give people this experience without breaking the bank and like you could come you know weekly or monthly or whatever whatever it was you know we're 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 we could be a special occasion place and that's amazing like there's nothing better than that mm-hmm. but but we all but we pride ourselves on being a, a regular neighborhood restaurant and yeah and well you hit on hit on the word the experience like i will never forget having that bottle there and i still look at the list and i was in uh i think i was in with um joe from uh, Ernest and edifos and we sat at the bar and there was like I forget uh, it was a little flev or something and they were just like I can't believe this price I'm like <laughs> he's like let's do it and this was after dinner we saw like what happened after dinner yeah, drink yeah. but he saw the list he's like uh, the Rouleau Kyrie oh the, the Rouleau absolutely yeah and I was just like uh, like that's what you do but that experience he'll never forget we'll never forget um, and that's I think what you do an amazing job because the food is incredible yeah and if you could i mean again what 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 a compliment and to you don't have to you don't have to say hey james i I really like your place it's like you had a dinner that was like three hours outside then you then you you didn't even get to the door without ordering another bottle like that to me is like that that, to me is amazing and and the fact that you know what you live around the corner a lot of our people like even like last night i was looking at all the i was the only only person on the, from the front of house and I looked at all the caviar orders and it was all people that, that come to the restaurant and they're I think part of it's like yeah like maybe they want their hot chicken fix but that's, then, but that's then a lot is. of it too is just that know. hot chicken dish is addicting <laughs> I, I think my daughter probably orders it twice a week uh, I don't know what the secret is it's like a pie yard but it's spicy and just it's done with like some uh, 
some greens with like a salad dress, like a yeah, they're the radicchio, radicchio, salad so it's bitter. Ranch, yeah. and, oh god, it's so good, it's so good. <laughs> but that's what you do. You build an experience, and that's why people want to come back. Um, and and then you, I don't want to talk about uh, COVID, but you transitioned pretty quickly into uh, a retail store and had metro shelves up, and you were selling wine, and you got through that. Um, what you know, it's uh, and now businesses. It's pretty stable and yeah. Like I think uh, I was I was talking to Chris about this yesterday because we're in you know coming into this other you know phase of the pandemic you know uh, with this especially this last week and I think sometimes we we made decisions last year that were they were they were always had the our our staff and our community at the heart of every decision and you know some things were certainly not money makers but but it built it built the community built our brand um you know we were doing these pasta kits and like you know you can only charge people so much for like a single serving pasta when when they could go to the store and get a a whole you know jar of sauce and and sure that's not going to be us and chris went through a lot of uh, effort to write out a recipe with like you know here are all the he like would um miss out all the ingredients mm-hmm. so like that you had your your butter your chive your yeah. whatever your anchovy and 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 it had a a written recipe card and how great uh, is and, that? and it was amazing but we we felt that there was a, a cap on how much you could actually charge for that and so we were doing these and i i don't think we necessarily figured out the financial model to making these sure. profitable but it wasn't about being profitable it was about you know um continue to continue to support our our community and our staff at yeah. the time that we had to let go and and so i i think um i, th- I think you just like throw things against the wall and and then you know you, you keep f- keeping your doors open yeah C- a connection to community is what you you talked about which is so key also i have to say the staff you you take great care of the staff they're uh, like you're being waited on it's casual service but these guys are pros and the women who are there they are pros you you could just sense it and feel it and to get great food great service great wine list and and this kind of uh atmosphere i think is one of the keys and uh secret to the success of popina and why people take that not like jump over to Red Hook. Oh, I um, appreciate it for sure. Um, so we're going into the new year. I want you to give me a couple of predictions. Wild, sane, insane. <laughs> give me a couple of predictions. Uh, well, I, I'm optimistic uh, that hopefully this this <coughs> last COVID kind of uh, um, reboot is going to be hopefully more fast and furious. Hopefully fast and yeah. not as furious, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like most of the people I know right now have it, and luckily, most of them, or all of them, are you know comparing it to like a bad cold. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so I'm hopeful that we're we're in going in the right direction as far as uh, COVID goes, and and it seems like people. Um, I mean, we certainly don't have you know this is not your crazy holiday week as most restaurateurs hope for with you know private dining and you yeah. know you know three turns and all that i mean we had a lot of reservations cancel a lot of private parties cancel our staff can't work so um a little bit of a disaster right now but at the same time um 
you know, all we can do is be hopeful. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, food, food and drink is, is super powerful. And I think people, if, if, if you're doing the right thing and again, keeping your community mm-hmm. and your staff, uh, at the center of a lot of the conversation, then you just gotta, you just gotta continue with doing what's right. And, um, and then the people, people will come, ma- people will make, uh, an effort and people will support the things that you do. Um, so, it might not be easy, um, but we're you know I'm I'm hopeful that you know we'll we'll get back to some sense of uh, normal. I, I, you know it's hard to say that, but um, but yeah. So that's a that that's okay. more a prediction on that's, the, that's the a good pandemic. Predi- that's a good prediction. I feel I feel the same way. I think it's going to uh, peter out quickly. I know too many people probably got this and they said the same thing it's a cold mm-hmm. uh, all indicators are that uh, it's not as severe and we're going to move on to something we're just going to have to live with like we do every year people get the cold and a cold or a flu and yeah. this is where we are um, what wine region have you not been to and you want to go to because you've been in most wine regions so right? funny enough is I was actually trying to plan a trip to uh, Patagonia and uh, and you know go see <coughs> go see um Domain Chakra and um, some of these other uh, just try to go to Chile and Argentina just basically a a South America tour Um, because I've been to a lot of other wine regions uh, but I haven't necessarily went to it it wasn't like a wine focus like when I went to Australia and New Zealand definitely wasn't wine focus when I um, when I was in South Africa we went to um, Franschhoek but it wasn't a day it was like a two-day thing you know so there's definitely wine or Portugal right I I was in I was in Lisbon and Porto but we didn't go up to the Douro or you know so um, there's a lot of wine make it, wine regions that I need to kind of take a more you know fully immersive sure. dive into, but uh, but yeah, I think I think South America for a lot of reasons for more of the adventure reasons, some of the wine region, you know, I just want to go down there. So I was supposed to be there, you know, next week, but uh, you know, sticking around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all of us are all of our travel plans got a little bit cut short, but with the new year, we'll, we'll start traveling again, I hope. Uh, well, I, I know we will, actually. Uh, so, uh, you're, let's, uh, let's pretend you're hiking in a Nepal, and uh, the, the air is thin, you start to hallucinate, and God comes to you and says, James, you're going to get a chance to have one last meal, and one last drink, and one, what piece of music do you want to listen to as you float off into the ethers? So, if it is your last meal, last day on the planet, what is your last meal? Wow, that's tough because I I, I always thought it was going to be mom's home cooking, you know, mm-hmm. chicken parm or eggplant rollatini, you know, yeah. something that I grew up. Her chicken cutlets are incredible. Um, so I always thought that would be the answer. Uh, then I, 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 I also go to, you know, an, an omakase. Like I think, Ooh. like that would be, that would be pretty, pretty amazing. That's uh, that's like my church, you know. It's okay. I, 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 you know, from time to time, I just, 
I don't I don't even go with anyone I, I go by myself and I just go to you know whether it's um, you know neighbors over here at um, 69 Leonard or yeah. the Xi'an or yeah. um, Hirohisa or wherever you know right. and I, I just go and I just have this you know I, I do the same I don't want to meditation it a, yeah, yeah I don't want to call it like a religious like experience but it's just okay. like it, it's like my version of church and I, I go and you know I just have this incredible meal and um, and so I think that uh, you know on your last day could be pre- okay. pretty what are you what are you drinking well I know nothing about sake um, so but well, this um, isn't about this it's your last day so what do you actually yeah, want to drink yeah. I mean I'm probably I'm probably going to start with some champagne and go into some white burgundy uh, okay. just because you know um, that would that, that would okay. probably be so uh, now you're sated all your senses <laughs> are full what piece of music as your body gets light and you start to float I feel like I, I feel like it has to be you know maybe some kind of like some kind of jazz, some kind of like something. Got to some, give me a song and some, an artist. Something soothing. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think. I, 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 otherwise, I'll put Kenny G at the end of this episode, and, <laughs> and everyone will go, James, what the fuck? No, I can't. Like, I, I, I I'm, I'm really bad at like pinpointing mm. an exact song. Okay. Um, artist, but I feel like uh, I feel like Miles Davis or yeah. Coltrane okay. or something. Okay. You know? um, that would that would put me in a. A, like a, a pretty good place very good very good hey uh james thank you for being on dotj podcast uh, i totally appreciate it it's the busy season you came over really early in the morning to do this and uh, drank mezcal with me which is awesome um and how do people find you uh, instagram um obviously go to the popina website but like yeah so Pop- uh, we're on uh, social media popina nyc um we're also on uh, i'm personally on instagram uh o- at ob's world obs world um my last name's o'brien so Amen. um yeah but that's how you can find, find cool me. all right thanks for being on let's let's finish up this mezcal and get you on the road all right appreciate it all right thank you <laughs> thanks again for listening Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar.